Welcome again to the Conversations As You Go podcast. And in many movements around the world, we see the most outstanding leaders being uh, wives and mothers and people who have simply taken the message and taken it out to their community. Especially in places like India, I've met some outstanding uh, women who have, have just been faithful to take the message of discipleship to the next village and plant churches and God has used them so powerfully. We need to see this story repeated in the West and we need to see um, uh, many, many people being used by God and, and God putting his hand on people and saying, I want you to take the message of discipleship to the next community, the next village. And in that light, we have Simone, Simone Smith, um, who's uh, joining us today. Simone, um, really great to have you with us on the podcast. Thank you, Dave. It's lovely to be here. Simone, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know who you are and and um, what does your what does life look like for you? Sure. Well, um, I am 34 years old and I'm married to Nathaniel. Um, we live in Echuca and God has been very kind to give us four beautiful kids to raise. Um, Malachi is seven, Leilani is five. Um, Phoebe is three and Ezra is one. So life is pretty busy, lovely and full, busy um, at home. And I've been here um, since we got married, which is ten and a half years ago. Um, I so I'm a stay-at-home mum. Love my job. I was a primary school teacher for a few years before that, but this, I, yeah, I, this is my niche and I love it. Um, we, yeah, we love. Jesus very much. Um, growing up, I grew up in a home that loves God and um, taught us about Him. And I'm very grateful for my childhood. Um, grew up in Wangaratta, so I'm a regional Victoria girl, born and bred. And um, funny thing is, I remember when I was a teenager, I had a friend that got married and moved to Echuca. And coming from like where I see mountains in Wang, um, Echuca seemed very flat in the middle of nowhere. And I hardly knew the place, but that was what I, my perception was. And I thought, who on earth gets married and moves to a chukra of all places? And that's what happened to me. So um, I have to be careful what I <laughs> what I say and what I think about sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that's basically our life um, at the minute. We, um, yeah, that's pretty much me. You know, trying to be as nutshelly as possible. Yeah, uh, I I think. Uh... We're, we're just listening to someone who grew up in the country who's um, who's doing an amazing job uh, being a mum of a number of precious kids. And um, and I, I think of mums just having absolutely no time at all to do anything else but to tend <laughs> and look after those precious lives. Um, Simone... Um, Yet I know you do a lot more than that. And I know that the valuable job of being a mum is also part of your life of being a disciple maker. Um, What drew you to making disciples? Good question. So as I said, like I've grown up um, knowing God and um, my love for him has increased as time went on. Um, I remember I was like a young child, really. And I remember reading my Bible and read it, getting to the point in Matthew 9, where Jesus says, the harvest is ripe, but there's not many workers. You should pray and ask God to bring the workers. 
And so as a young girl, I, I remember like, I, I obeyed Jesus and I prayed and asked God to bring more workers into the field. But I also said, God, I don't want to be one of those workers, but you can go ahead and please add to that. And I remember and I, and every time I got to that part when I'd be reading my Bible, um, I'd say the same thing again. Like, I'll pray, but I don't want to put my hand up either. And um, I remember, even as a young girl, feeling in my spirit, I think God's going to come back to me on this later on. I don't think I'm going to get off the hook so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my, as a young younger girl. And uh, when I was a teenager, I was really blessed to... Um, had some really beautiful ladies that loved Jesus and um, made sure that there was a, my group, my friendship group, we had a dis, like discipleship Bible study group and um, they invested a lot of time into us and they role modeled love for God. And um, it was really crucial to help embed the faith that I had taken on from my mum and dad. I realized it had to be my own. So they were really um, crucial years for me to really sink my roots down more into God. And um, I and I, then I left home, went to Bendigo to do um, uni for primary teaching, came to Echuca, got married, and I was noticing when I was about oh, mid-20s, I noticed that there were there, there was quite a few teenage girls in our church, but they had no um, no shepherd to kind of guide them and disciple them. And um I remember thinking uh, that it's a really important time in their lives to have someone kind of lead them and help disciple them. So um, I started up a girls discipleship group um, because there wasn't one and um, that I learned a lot through that. I loved sharing my life with those girls and um, we yeah had had lots of fun. I did that for a few years and then um, uh, when I – by the time I had a couple of children, it was a little bit tricky to still feel like I was could put in as much as I wanted to with these girls because my focus had shifted to my kids um, as the more the, the higher priority at that season. So I thought, all right, I think this season is it for a bit. Discipleship can go on the back burner for a bit, I thought, and um, I thought I'll just focus on my kids. Um, then I realized that my children are my new disciples that I should be spending intentional time with um and uh, so you kind of just was focusing on my kids for a long time and then come a few years ago when COVID came into the world um we started having a discovery bible study with our friends Jerry and Katie and that started the our whole journey where God started to really shake up some feathers and um do a lot of work in messing around with my ideals and my thoughts and really challenging me. Um, it's still, um, yeah, I feel very much in the middle of trying to work out a lot of things, but it's good that I'm not as comfortable as I used to be because um, I've been, um, hopefully God would agree that I've been a lot more obedient than I have been um, most of my life. Than and I both found that since we started doing DMM kind of stuff and DBS, we started to not just add knowledge to knowledge, but actually um, obey what God says. And life has become a lot more exciting from it, that's for sure. Um, and in that season as well, God opened my eyes to realizing that um, discipleship um, doesn't need to have take the back burner. It can you can continue on in whatever season you're in in life. And so for me, 
God can use, actually use and wants to use my season as a mum of young kids to reach other mums in the harvest. So in the last couple of years, my focus has moved from um, well, teenage girls and to my children, um, but also in addition to my kids, mums in the harvest, God's really given me a heart for that I didn't have before um, the last mm. couple of years. So I can see him, yeah, really um, messing with a lot of stuff for my good and for other people's benefit too. So, yeah, I'm realizing that more and more that Jesus' last words weren't a suggestion for some people to um, do if they wanted, but it's a command and I'd be disobedient not to do what he says. That's amazing, Simone. What a great story and um, the the transition into uh having a transformation in obedience um because of the discovery bible study what were some of the problems or frustrations in your in your christian experience that was addressed as you started to learn about disciple making um well for quite a few years um than and i had felt like this is going way back before covid even we'd felt this growing dissatisfaction that um, like there's got to be more to life like there's got to be more to our life that what God wants us to do than just go to church on a Sunday listen to a good message that you forget about by the next Sunday because you don't do anything about it even if you write notes you still don't really soak it in unless you actually do something um, so getting frustrated with just my lack of um, following through with anything and um, we also, like we had been part of a small group, but when Malachi was a baby, but by the time Leilani came along, it was just too much to be out late at night, um, having great conversation and great fellowship, but it was, it came at a high price on the other end. So we stayed put and noticed though, not being part of a small group that, um, you weren't, you didn't feel as connected to the local church. And because um, even after a Sunday service, I'm off running after the kids because Dan's the extrovert and I'm the introvert anyway. Um, so I started to think, oh, like, what's going on? There's got to, there's got to be more, but I don't know what it is. And we both felt the same thing and had been praying about it for a bit, just felt stuck really. And um, mm. then, and also in addition to that, when I was teaching, I taught at the Christian school here, which is a beautiful school, but I really felt like I was in a Christian bubble. So like um, family and colleagues and church, that was pretty much my week. And they're all, they already knew God and that was great. But I'm thinking, oh, I have, I have really no one to influence that's not coming into God's family yet. And how do I cross that bridge to try to grow the church? Because, um, yeah, wasn't seeing as much fruit as I would have liked to see in just our wider community as well. Um, but very much like thinking about my life, it wasn't as fruitful as I was wanting it to be. And, um, so, yeah, it was just we were very much we had more of an inward focus and I wanted to start. I wanted to have an outward focus, but I didn't know how to get there. And um, so then when, yeah, there's, there's actually been like I know there's been lots of horrible stuff come from COVID. But um, for Than and myself through COVID, God has actually um, brought a lot of good from it because he's able been able to kind of 
drag us out from what we know and really challenge us and question, get us to question why we do stuff and what about if we tried something different. So when we came across um, disciple-making movements, um, we got really excited and as we were just opening like the word, like it was, it wasn't Jerry or Katie that told us stuff. It was God that was showing us things about how to do things differently. And I remember um, the night when the light went on for Than and for me, different times, but we suddenly were like, this is, we're onto something, we're onto something here. And we don't want to just forget this when um, so much of the world wanted us to get back to normal, just so they just want to go back to church as they knew it so they could just keep um, doing stuff of it that we've always done. But we um, felt like, no, I think there's there's something else. And just even doing Discovery Bible studies with our kids, they started to, they paid a t- lot more attention and they were soaking in a lot more from the Bible than they used to. And actually getting them to obey God and see for them to see the way that God answers their prayers and opens up opportunities for them during the week um, was really powerful to see, wow, this this can like go across the board in generations and it's not just for grown-ups to be a part of. So, um, yeah, probably one of the biggest things that really um, met my dissatisfaction and frustration was just the way that obedience coupled with the knowledge of the Bible, actually you see a lot more results and you live a riskier life, which um, is uncomfortable to be quite frank a lot of the time. And a lot of the time I didn't really want to obey God, but you knew you're going to be accountable to other people a week later. And so you think, oh, why did I say I was going to do this? Um, And sometimes you muck up, sometimes it works well, and sometimes God blows your mind with answering above and beyond what you could have imagined him going to do with your little act of obedience. Um, So with the mind maps and just thinking about people praying a lot, prayer's been a massive learning curve. Um, Not that I didn't pray before, but they were very egocentric prayers, to be honest. And so... um, starting to get God's heart for people that are dying without him and without hope, it actually started to mess with me a lot more than, and I actually felt, um, yeah, just broken for these people. And um, so all of these things, um, going with the practical help, just thinking beyond my in the immediate circle, like who can I actually practically show um, love for in a way that they're going to, appreciate it um that all just was really impacting on me and I could see the way that God was actually starting to honor and answer those prayers because my it's not just about me that I'm praying for or my immediate family it's for people that he loves more than I do um to come to know him and come into his family and there's different ways to like different people are at different points and some aren't ready to um, look chase after him, and but others are. And just having that growing discernment from the Holy Spirit to know who to invest in and who to just kind of give some space for a bit and then come back later. Um, yeah, so it was just for me, it was God has, um, God blew my mind and expanded my understanding, my imagination of I kind of I had this kind of small canvas picture of where I thought he might like to work with me in it and use me in it and he actually has a much bigger picture that he wants to paint and 
um, yeah, I, yeah, he can do a lot more than what I gave him credit for. So the obedience is the biggest thing that, yeah, the DMM started to open up my eyes to. Amazing. You've just laid out a feast for us to, uh, ideas to explore from, uh, prayer and, you know, shifting from, um, uh, a personal, you, your words, egocentric prayer to a harvest-focused prayer, praying for others to action-based um, obedience, not just um, not just uh, what do you need to do, but who do you need to help, and and reaching out to others as well as um, the idea of um, mind maps and the idea of just uh, engaging in so many ways just just fantastic um simone thank you um what in particular uh, just drilling down um into some highlight principles there what what in particular has really helped you or what has god mainly maybe we should say taught you in this process and would you just highlight some of these um principles for us mm-hmm um, first one would be that God's timing, he means what he says in Isaiah 55 when he says his ways are higher than mine and his timing is better. And um, I have learnt very much that God's timing and his ways trump my ideas every single time and um, and he knows what he's doing and I just need to trust that even when I can't necessarily see a way that he could possibly work. So God's timing is best is probably lesson number one that I learned. Um, number two, really in no order though, but number two is also um, there's in Proverbs 18 verse 16, I think it is, it says that giving gifts opens doors to important people. And naturally I'm not the most generous person. God is changing my heart thank him for that slowly. Um, I didn't really like being too generous because I was a stingy girl. Um, but thankfully I am changing. And just in the last few years, like since DBS, thinking about how, who to help, but even just giving gifts, I have been gobsmacked with the ways that God can use a gift, however big or small, um, and he and from giving a gift to someone that he puts on my heart during a DBS to help, God can then open the door. And then these other people that I hardly know that I bless randomly and it's random for them, then they suddenly open their life up and they want to mm. pursue a friendship with me. Which And if I hadn't have been generous and if I hadn't given them something or done something for them, I don't see that door opening. And from that, um, yeah, so many amazing things and stories just from that alone. So, um Giving gifts actually does make a difference to people um, for eternal, like long-term goals as well um, as just making friends as well. Um, Another lesson is just the fundamental importance of prayer. um, And it's meant to go with action as well. But just Mm. having the prayer to do all the hard plowing up because there's a lot of hard soil in um, Chuka's vicinity, a lot of people, um, yeah, there's just so much hardness of heart. And so prayer is the thing that's going to um, do the hard work that, um, yeah, it's it's a lot more powerful than I used to give it credit for as well, really. And just seeing the way God answers my prayers is massively encouraging. Um, 
yeah, just the whole, when Jesus said, like, ask and it shall be given to you, starting to pray and ask in line with what his word says and in line with his heart and what his mission is for this world. And he does, he, he loves to answer those prayers with mm. a great big yes. And it's in his timing, which I need to remind myself of. But yes, prayer, giving gifts, his timing beats mine. Um, and also just the way that when you open the Bible with someone that's not a believer, as a teacher, naturally I want to kind of give them a bit more of a background. Um, and it's been a humbling process to realize that God actually doesn't need me. He just he needs me to be obedient and get the people um, to sit beside them and read the Bible, but then he can do the talking from there and he can do the teaching well and truly on his own. Um, these Some things and insights that, these people have had as I sat with them reading the Bible more profound than I could have come up with. And um, yeah, so just realizing that the Bible and the Holy Spirit is enough to do the work in transforming someone's heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And I, it's best if I just keep my mouth shut most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's just fantastic. It reminds me of, you know, when you're talking about the gifts, uh, Jesus Jesus said, "Make friends for yourself by by means of worldly wealth, so that when it fails, as in the worldly wealth, they might receive you in eternal dwellings." It's um, yeah. um yeah. just fantastic. Um, Simone, just just keep going. Tell us a story about uh, about how this is working out in your your world. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm trying to get better at being more succinct in my stories, but I like to give lots of details. Um, going back to, um, yeah, well, the start of COVID. So Malachi was in my, his kinder year. And um, as I said, I'm an introvert naturally. But I was realizing as I'm praying and asking God for some non-Christian friends um, that he, once again, he answered that question, that prayer pretty quickly. And um, so I joined the committee with the kinder purely to make friends with people that didn't know Jesus. And um, I and then COVID happened, and so you couldn't really see them in real life, but you kind of got to know them a little bit more because I was in the committee. And this one day um, I had been, well, during DBS, um, we'd been praying and I was asking God for spiritual conversations and thinking, I don't really know what I'm going to do when I get there, but I, I want him to give me one, please. And um he answered that week and it was like on a platter. I didn't have to scramble. I didn't have to try to maneuver and manipulate the conversation to include God. I was chatting with this mum who was also on the committee and I was, and she, because of everything going on with COVID, she's like, what's going on with the world? And so I was able to share about um, the Bible says some things and um, share my life story where God got a lot of mentions in it. And she, she wasn't freaked out, which was nice. And um, at the end of it, I said to her, uh, and I was trying to remain so cool and collected, but inside I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say. But I said, oh, um, if you ever wanted to read the Bible together at one time, that like, I'd be happy to. And um, she said, oh, I'd love that. And I had to hide my shock that someone that I didn't think was really keen on God was actually interested in reading the Bible. I thought, wow, there you go, God. And so um, from that, that friendship in itself started to grow and blossom through like giving a gift. And then we got, got into the family's lives and um, 
we started to read the Bible together, um, my friend and I, and just seeing the way God answered her prayers and like prayers that I would pray for her, he would answer so quickly. And I felt like saying, oh, just so you know, he doesn't answer that fast all the time, but I didn't want to like um, stifle anything. So um, it was just lovely that God was so good to her to show her that he really cares about her life. And um, she's also into like new agey stuff and she's open to a lot of things spiritually. And I just had to learn to trust God with that and just to be faithful friend on my end and keep doing whatever God told me to do with her. Um, we, I kept saying to her, like, is there anyone else in your life that is keen to read the Bible with you? And cause she seems to know so many people in our town. I was like, you're the prime person of peace, but you just don't seem to have anyone else around you that is, you think is keen. And, um, so we kind of have just continued the friendship over the last two years. And, um, we got to, couple of months ago and I kind of had a bit of a break um not wanting to like harass her but just trusting God with the timing and um I was praying one night and asking God for well this year basically Than and I are like please God give us fruit Jerry and Katie we're like we're asking God for fruit to see something happen after years two years like compared to other people's prayer commitments it's not that long but it feels like a long time sometimes and um when we were part of the regional victoria prayer night vicky said look think about one thing that you're going to ask god for and just keep asking him and um so i thought all right what's the one thing i want to ask god for i'd like to see a group start up in the chukamoema with at least someone that doesn't love Jesus yet, but have a discovery Bible study startup. It doesn't have to be anyone that I know. I just want to see someone open the Bible together and start to see God transform some lives. And um, a month later, I out of the blue, I had a message from um, a, a mutual friend to this kinder friend, um, the kinder mum friend, um, and I hadn't caught up with her since before COVID. And she used to be part of um, a Bible study group that we, um, Katie and I um, had done. And she messaged out of the blue and said, hey, we should catch up. I used to doing Bible studies, by the way, because I really miss those days. And um, I was like, oh, wow. And I said, oh, um, well, I can start. No, it's like we haven't been, but um, with other mums, like it was with other mums like three years ago. Um, I said, oh, we haven't been doing it, but I'm happy to catch up with you and start it up again. If you have any friends that might be interested, you can invite them along because I've grown, I've done, I've learned a lot. Um, still have a lot of lot, lot to learn, but I've learned a lot in the last two and a half, three years. And um, I said, hey, maybe I should invite this other friend that's a mutual friend and see if she's interested as well. And because um, I, I, when I realized about a year ago that the three of us were mutual friends. I was trying to scheme some way to get together and be like, hey, did you know you're both interested in reading the Bible? But I didn't. It didn't work out. So um, when this, but this time though, once again, like God has just put this, it's just so effortlessly in my lap. And so I asked my my friend from kinder and she, I said like no pressure, thinking I'm not sure if she's still hungry or not, but um, 
she was like, oh, I'd love that. Thanks so much for inviting me. And I just was like, man, this is amazing and so encouraging to see an answer to prayer um, for my one thing and just so organically to come together. And um, this friend that messaged me, she had a friend that's keen. And so um, it can be frustrating when the enemy tries just to throw so many things in the way and the spanners just get in the kinks. Um, so it hasn't happened up until this week just two days ago. Thank God we started the first time. Um, but it was a, it's a slow start. Um, only one of them could make it at the end of it. But I was just like, you know what? I will take what God gives me and trust him for the results and um, trusting with his timing because um, he knows best. God's ways are better and his timing is better. And it's um, already just from that one time of meeting with one of the ladies was really encouraging and I could see um, that, yeah, God's starting to work on this mum's heart and um, praying in faith that we're going to see some something happen exciting for the kingdom sometime in the future with this. But, yeah, so that's basically um, a story that's taken, yeah, three years basically from the start to now, um, but it's exciting to see the way God has answered that prayer. Yeah, that's fantastic, Simone. That's just awesome. And just going from, you know, spiritual conversation, from prayer, things being birthed in prayer, to spiritual conversations, to then uh, working out, and the, the request for a group, and praying for groups, and then suddenly seeing the formation of something that's could develop as a group is just, um, it's, it's really encouraging. Um, Simone, looking forward as... Um, as you're, you're kind of mapping this out in your mind and you're going, hmm, where is this going to go? Where are we going to end up here? Not just for that one group, but for the vision of what you're carrying in your heart. What do, what do you think about the challenges that lie ahead for you? I'm getting greater imagination and vision of what God might possibly like to do in Echuca and Moama. Um, but I'm also aware of my limitations being one person and... I've still got a, like my, my priority still with my kids. And so, um, I want to invest in, um, as many other young mums as I can, but there's going to be a limit where I have to, like, I have to pass the buck to someone else. And, um, I've been, we've been praying for the township for a while now. And at the start, we invited lots of people to pray for like the harvest and for um, like outward focus prayer for people that don't yet know God. And um, at the start, we had like a great turnout and then gradually people dwindled away. I think one of the biggest challenges for the existing church is just people are so busy doing other stuff and the programs and bits and pieces that there's no time um, to join um, a prayer meeting. Um, there's another one, another one. Um, so that's been, it can be discouraging sometimes. It's like, oh, come, we just, yeah, we'd love to see um, more people um, passionately praying for people that are lost and that are walking around with no hope. Um, so basically just trusting God with that as well and asking God to bring the children that he wants to become part of this journey with to come along. Um, but something that has been... Um, kind of from that frustration and I've been able to kind of come alongside a couple of girlfriends who do love God and um, say, hey, 
it's tricky to do nighttime Zoom prayer meetings. How about do you want a prayer walk? And they're really up for that. So I'm kind of thinking at the minute, maybe that's one way to kind of catalyze and increase the hunger in prayer some, with some of my friends, um, just to prayer walk one-on-one and then see what God wants to do in kind of multiplying and spreading it out further, doing a different way of prayer meetings that I've done and known before. Um, so yeah, the busyness with just the Christian church programs um, can be challenging when you're trying to um, yeah do things very differently. And I think that is another thing as well that's a big challenge um, just with God lately doing a really messy heart work and head work in me, just switching my focus and thinking differently about the kingdom and questioning like why we have done so many things for so long in the church. Um, and maybe God wants us to do something different. And for so many people, myself included, change isn't very appealing a lot of the time if you have no idea where you're heading or um, it's just a giant leap of faith. So I think um, having that, yeah, changing people's traditions is a challenge in itself. Um, just wanting to, yeah, for me, like I'll put my hand up first up to say change isn't my first preference, but um, if God's wanting to do something different, I don't want to miss out. And um, yeah, so that would be another challenge. Just yeah, our team, it'd be lovely for our, we asked to have more of a team in t- in this town with this like a shared vision and a love and a heart heart for the harvest um but that's yeah still in the um stall state at the minute um and probably another challenge at the minute too like i'm realizing more recently in a car that people are a lot more spiritually open than i thought they were but the new age has got a real hold on a lot of people and like witchcraft and stuff in this town that i was naive and innocent and oblivious to up until recently um so just, yeah, there's a lot more. It's, here I am thinking it was dry, hard clay, and um, there's just a lot more stuff going on than I realized as well. So there's a few challenges to figure out how to um, how to trudge through, and, um, yeah, definitely not there yet. Amazing, Simone. Fantastic. Uh, I've been really inspired just listening to you, and I, I think uh, – you're the you're the kind of picture that we need to see spread and multiplied throughout every country town in Australia, and as we see um, people making disciples, grabbing the vision, wrestling with the the reality that this is not as easy as it looks. It's not a silver bullet here. It just requires prayer, refocus, reprioritization, and obedience oriented lifestyle, and real hearts and care and love for people. I just love love what I see there just um as we finish up the um, podcast Simone do you want to just give a quick word of encouragement to those who are listening who are are many who would be identifying strongly with what you have shared in your story and going yeah how can I go forward in making disciples um what, what would you like to say and leave us with as a thought I was just thinking Jesus' words in John 15, verse 16, when he says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. 
just um, I want to encourage everyone listening that Jesus chose you. We didn't get to pick him. He chose us and he chose us for a purpose, which is to bring the kingdom of God to this earth, to bring glory to him, to go and produce lasting fruit. And so as I just want to encourage you to keep sticking close to God, diving into his word, obeying it, remembering that it's before God that we're going to stand one day and we want to hear a well done from him. So, um, yeah, we, as much as it's so natural to want to please other people, we want to please our father. First and foremost, we want to please him with the way that we live our lives. So pray, ask God for opportunities. Don't be surprised when he gives them to you. He's going to um, yeah, do wonderful things with us when we just put our hand up and say we'll obey and we want to go bear fruit too and we want it to last. So may God bless um, each of your hearts and your hands as you want to obey him and bless him and may God help us produce fruit that will last into eternity.